Welcome to the SpireCast, a bi-weekly podcast from Spire Workforce Solutions in Atlanta, Georgia. Let's talk about millennials. That's right, we said it, millennials. But a few stats to kick things off. 75% of millennials would rather work from home or other locations. 78% see workplace quality as important when choosing an employer. 59% of them say flexibility will improve their productivity, and another 59% say opportunities to learn and grow are extremely important when they're applying for a position. And lastly, 87% of millennials today say that professional development or career growth opportunities are extremely important in any position they are currently in or are considering. And these are far more than simply checking the box of, I need a job in this day and age. The complexities of finding the groove with millennials is something that Spire works through on a daily basis. Here's Mike and Matt with more. So Matt, millennials. Hmm, millennials. (laughs) Millennials, millennials, millennials. Everyone wants to know how to hire them, how to retain them, how to track them, how to onboard them, how to keep them happy. And we continue to hear from our clients and and constituents in the staffing industry how hard it is to do so i mean you have been known as a recruiter who focuses in on that demographic of the workforce um but i think before we go into you know your perceptions of of millennials i think it's it's probably proper to classify what is a millennial in terms of the year um there's a lot of different you know timelines and in terms of what classifies a proper millennial but in in our mind it's born in the year of 1981 through Mm -hmm. 1996 ish and um and i think even further you know talking today and talking through what makes them tick is understanding the person behind that year and what went on during those those transformative years of, of of our you know population i mean the internet was pre in that you know people did not see the internet, um, 1981 through 1992, call it. And then it just exploded. So we've been, we've kind of been, we've come up through the ranks pre-internet and post-internet. And then we talked about, you know, the upgrade, um, demographic, like, you know, Apple's coming out with new phones every two years. So we basically upgrade our jobs. We upgrade our, our relationships. So, you know, we don't really stick things through or stick to things, um, as much as maybe previous generations because of the nature of that. So in terms of, um, you know, what you've had success with or your perceptions of millennials, what would you say has uh, shuck, you know, stuck out to you? Well, I think maybe start with uh, the perceptions that we get tagged with all the time that I don't think is necessarily fair, right? Um, we get tagged as, you know, lazy, um, you know, we want the instant gratification. We don't want to work for it. We just want it. We want the instant gratification uh, in the job or even like you mentioned, we get a, a new iPhone every one or two years. Um, I think there's also a perception out there in the workforce that we're not loyal. Um, you know, and I mean, there is data to support that nowadays, um, you know, I think that what we were looking at earlier, our, our parents and, and that generation stuck with a job for 10 years. Um, whereas now you're seeing folks hop around two, three years, new job, new company. Um, you know, is that necessarily fair to tag a millennial as, well, this person's going to be gone in two to three years? Um, I don't necessarily think so. Every, every person is different. Um, every person has their own, um, you know, reasoning too for, for leaving. And I think that's what 
also, you know, we can understand as the millennial whispers, we, we get it now. Um, you know, we're, we were talking about it the other day. Um, you know, we had a candidate that could make, I don't know, thirty forty thousand dollars $40,000 more. Uh, but it was going to add 30 more, uh, 30 minutes more onto his commute. And he totally passed on, on, on the opportunity and we were a little shocked, but at the same time, really starting to see a trend that way. What's the commute like? People are willing to work hard and, and have fun doing it, but they want a little bit of the work-life balance. And even that, that term work-life balance sometimes can, can be seen as a negative, but they don't want to work 80 hours a week in a cubicle. They, they want to either be able to take that home and, and, and finish their work at home, have some flexibility. I, every time I'm talking to somebody, hey, what's the flexibility look like here? What's the flexibility hours? Are there opportunities to work remote? I don't want to work remote every single day, but I do want the opportunity, maybe if I need to, to work remote like for half a day or a day. Um, so, you know, one of the things we also talked about in a, um, a previous episode is we always talk about seek to understand. And I think with millennials, when we're talking to them, and how they want to be recruited is they, they don't want to be sold on a job. Um, and you, you and I can also speak to this if, if not necessarily interviewing for a company, but just everyday lives. We don't be, we won't, we don't want to be sold something. We want the person to listen and understand why we're even in the market for something. It's the same thing with a job. So when I'm talking to different millennials, I'm truly trying to understand their needs um, and, and, and the why behind it, why do you want flexibility? Why do you, um, not want to commute, you know, 30 minutes to 45 minutes? Have you really thought about that? You know, if you're trying to get this, 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 and that, um, you're trying to get all four things checked off. It might, you might only be able to get three and is it okay to, to commute 30 minutes if you can get the rest on your checklist? And once you have that type of conversation, that candid conversation, actually a lot of millennials say, you know what, you're right. I, I'm, 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 I'm cool with leaving one thing checked off if I can get the rest of the, the, the other three that are more important. So I have them stack rank it and things of that nature. So that typically helps. Um, what are your thoughts? I, no, I would agree with, with where the, the, the screening questions come from. I think when we stack rank internally our employees, what motivates them, I think a lot of it has to start with number one is their meaning and is there a, a reason for them to show up to work? Are they having an impact with the company? Yep. Um, engaging them into strategic decisions, even if, if their maybe input isn't necessarily, or maybe has a little bit of naivete with it in terms of, you know, they haven't been here long enough or they haven't had that experience before to really formulate a strong opinion, just bouncing something off of them so that they are, are included. And we are the most inclusive generation. Um, you know, it's not easy to, I mean, it's not hard to be according to our past, but we are, we are inclusive. And I think leadership needs to, to take that and continue to run with it. Adapt a little bit. Yep. Absolutely. So I think that with the companies that are growing in today's environment and are having success with, with attracting and not, and not only attracting, but retaining millennials is the ability to give them the why behind the reasons for maybe call it metrics um, too many times we've seen folks uh, turn over from a job when they were doing very well. Some top producers at companies that we've seen mm-hmm. because their boss or their boss's boss came down on them because they had a bad month and they didn't know that their boss's boss was under a significant amount of pressure and they were looking for their number one person to continue to outperform their 
their quota or whatever the case may be. And I think if the boss came to them and said, hey, you know, I got a fire lit underneath me here. I'm really counting on you. You would see those results. And um, they just don't do that. They just, and, that, and that's where the disconnect, I think, lies. So little, you know, those are, that's an anecdote. But the little examples like that, I think, are starting to come across our desk more and more. And we're talking to people and reasons for their leaving mm-hmm. jobs. And it's kind of painting the picture. Number one, they want to be included. Number two, they want to have value in the company. Number three, they want to be heard, which goes in, you know, obviously part and parcel with being included. But just having that that light uh, shined on them when when appropriate. And then, but here's the fine line. This is what frustrates a lot of managers. They also want autonomy. They want to be able to work remote when they want to be, when, when they want to. And it's frustrating for managers because it's like, this is, a, this is very tough to tiptoe this line by giving you all the flexibility you crave, but also giving you inclusion into strategic decisions. And, and but when you really peel it back, you know, I run a company of eight millennials and um, it's not that hard if you're coming at it with the best of intentions and you're trying to invest in them and give them a return on their time because I think the greatest gift someone can give you is their time. Um, and I think leaders in this day and age need to recognize that and, and be thankful for that. And um, that's what I'm starting to see with successful companies that are scaling today is, is really leaders understanding that, that mechanism that drives us as millennials and, and giving us more, um, giving us more responsibility to do more and have more of an impact on the bottom line. So in, in terms of what, how we've been able to adjust in this, in this market and in this dynamic is um, I think we surround ourselves with people that have complementary skill sets. And the complementary skill sets that we look for internally here, um, I think most companies would benefit from. So to say, I, as the founder and managing partner, I, I, you know, I, I'm running the P&L. I have to be accountable to the bottom line. Um, but I surround myself with folks that don't necessarily need to be held accountable to that bottom line on a daily basis, but also think strategically with me and have an outcome desire that I have. And we share that, that mutual, mutually desired outcome, which is growth. And one thing that, you know, hiring Matt and bringing him on board, um, he complements my, oh, I don't want to say old school, but my traditional leadership, you know, bottom line results oriented focus with, you know, when someone's not performing or not necessarily not performing, but maybe not consistently handling the job with the KPIs that we have set that they agreed upon, which is a whole nother conversation in terms of managing people to agreements and not managing people. But having that, hey, you know, Matt coming in and saying to me, hey, Mike, you know, give them a why. You, you re-explain it to them. Show them the reasons why you want them to do this. And I think, um, you know, Matt, you're approach to that. Um, I think you've probably honed in on that through recruiting a lot of millennials and it, it, you hear them say why they have leave, leaving companies. And now you're, you kind of mm-hmm. get that glimpse here and you're like, well, can you push back on me? And I listen. And I think most managers would do, do themselves a service by surrounding themselves with people like you. And I don't know if your thoughts, you know, echoed that. I agree. And then also we've built what, what I like to call professional culture. So when we're working with our colleagues and I'm, I'm managing some recruiters, it's, it's, Hey, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to treat you as a professional. I'm going to treat you as an adult. Um, here's what we need to get done today. And, you know, I'm not sitting there watching and saying, Hey, you took an hour and a half lunch. Um, it's up to you, uh, to, to get your work done. Um, if you are going to, 
you know, fail at that, then let's have a conversation of why. And maybe, maybe we need a little bit more structure, right. And a little bit more lanes for this person to work within. Um, but I think that's also a trend we're starting to see is, uh, we have several clients that do that. Um, they've created a professional culture, uh, so that, everybody is treated as an adult if they need to leave a little early to get something done they can um, and I think a lot of the times we have some recruiters here that they're doing a great job and they say hey you know it's funny they come into my office or your office and they say hey can I, can I leave it for um, you know it's Thursday and we're like yeah you're done a great job this week and you know they need to get something done and it gives them a little bit of freedom. It's not like they feel like they're chained to their desk and also it creates loyalty. Um, they, they really appreciate that we give them that, uh, that trust. Um, and so, you know, they don't, they don't want to lose that trust. Um, and they don't want to fail as well. So it, it just builds a really good, um, program. And like you said, we bounce off each other very well that way. And so, yeah, exactly what you're saying, Matt, is is how we approach our hiring internally. And I think that that's we go back to it. It, it is the right thing to do. It's the right thing to set expectations up front, but it also yields um, profit. And that's how we're able to continue to reinvest in our company. And I think that when you look at the the next ten years and people, well, there's tons of tons of open jobs right now. That's why we're in business. And barring a significant recession where companies stop hiring, there's going to be a glutton of jobs with no, no talent. So you're going to have to compete. You're going to have to give people more. And expectations are going up and up and up. And I think culture is a, is a thing. Um, but, you know, for companies to win in 2019, 2020, and so on, they're going to have to attract and retain millennials. And they're going to have to be cognizant of the fact that if they don't, their competitors are, and they're going to lose. So by giving a little bit of flexibility and rewarding a performance and managing to agreements and not to some random KPI um, and being a results-oriented business, millennials will flock to you and stay with you because that's what they want, you know. And I think we need to be, as employers, cognizant of the fact that this is where reality is and to move uh, accordingly to win. The SpireCast is a bi-weekly podcast produced by Spire Workforce Solutions. If you'd like to learn more about Spire, how to work with a company like us, to find the right career path, or if you want to hire more effectively and strategically, visit our website at spireworkforcesolutions.com. Connect with Mike, Matt, and the rest of the team on LinkedIn, or drop us a line at 732-859-7708. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher so you never miss an episode. You've been listening to The SpireCast.